Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. We're also joined by Jamie Hinton, CEO and co-founder of technology company Razor, and Jonathan Bray, deputy head of digital at the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. They're here to talk, us, talk to us about where technology meets advanced manufacturing and what needs to happen to get more Sheffield companies involved in this key sector of the local economy. We should always uh, thank you, uh, say thank you to Rebel Base Media 2. They, uh, they let us use their uh, podcasting studio. They're based at Sheffield Technology Parks. It's a dedicated podcasting studio for the city. Lots of people are using it, and all of the feedback I've heard has been fantastic, and we can vouch for it too. It's, um, it's been a, made a real difference to us, hasn't it, in uh, producing this, this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so do check them out. And, um, and that's it. Great. So hi, Jonathan and Jamie. It's really good to have you with us. Um, Just for the very few people in Sheffield who perhaps don't know who you are, could you start just with some quick introductions? Tell us a little bit about your respective companies, organisations and what your your role is there. Um, Start, Jonathan, with you. Yes, I'm Jonathan. I'm Deputy Head Digital at the AMRC. Um, I've been there 15 months. Uh, Prior to that, I'm 20 years in aerospace, uh, leading some digital manufacturing uh, initiatives uh, in the Middle East, but now I've come here and uh, taken on the role within the AMRC to actually go out and uh, look at how we can grow the pipeline of um, digital companies to come and actually work in advanced manufacturing across our different sectors. So is a lot of your role going out and meeting people and talking to them about what goes on at the AMSC and how they can get involved? It is now. It's all about uh, informing and educating the, the, the different digital sectors out there as well as the manufacturers uh, with, with a look then to, to connect them up and uh, hopefully uh, make, some, make, some good, make some good stuff from it. And how's that going? It's going, it's going well. It's going well. Um, i got to say now uh, starting to starting to come to uh, more Sheffield digital events and, and meeting people, especially at the, the, the Geek Brecky in the mornings mm-hmm. on Fridays. That's uh, really started to pay dividends, actually. There's uh, a lot of people that come along and say, oh, we know about you, we know what you do. Can we come along and, uh, and we think we can, uh, we can do something? Mm. Is it like fairly recently that you started spending a couple of days a week in the city centre as well? Because obviously the AMRC is out at the Advanced Manufacturing Park it uh, outside it is, Rotherham, yes, it is, and um, it's a bit isolated out there, and it kind of needs to be because there's big industrial OEMs out there, and it needs transport links, and they need big, you know, factory space and stuff. Yeah, we've, we've, you know, there there are a lot of large OEMs on on the site, but but really, you know, it is now getting into the city to actually meet with with the smaller digital firms mm. that that might not have the the the, the, the transport links to, to get out to where we are. So it is about you know bringing us to them and spending one day a week at, at at, at the tech parks, or it's one day a week at, at, at the DMC in Barnsley, just to meet that, just to just to meet that that local digital community, mm. um, and and just to informally, you know, discuss with them what what we're up to, and and and, and is there an interest in from them to to be a part of it? Great, and uh, Jamie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about you. So. Um, it's it's really about Razor, not usually about me. Um, but I'm the a CEO and, and co-founder of Razor with uh, Steve Trotter. Um, and Razor is a, a technology agency. We're not a traditional web agency. We don't really build websites. Uh, we actually think of ourselves as problem solvers, um, and we love taking on the really hard challenges that many companies would be scared of. Um, so what really happens well, and what we really excel at, is when someone says. We've got a business, it's doing really well, or it's slightly challenged. We need to stay relevant. 
and we help businesses stay really, really relevant with new technologies. We keep them on the cusp of things. We go in, we actually understand what is your core real problem, not just can you come and do something for us? What, what can you do to help us grow and unlock the absolute potential? And we've been doing that quite uh, successfully now for the past full-time, five years, uh, although the business has been going since circa 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a side project, wasn't it, for you originally? It was, yes, whilst I was uh, working with you, Chris. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the, the Razor story, because I think uh, there's probably people who don't know what, what mm. that path's been like and where you've started and where you've got to. Yeah, so it's... It actually started when, uh, well, it was actually in 2005 when it really got started. And that was when I'd finished my MSc and I started at Technophobia and I got a really good break uh, where they they took a chance on me and they uh, they, they they fostered me and they I got to work with some of the most amazing people in Sheffield doing some of the most incredible work. Um, yeah, da da da. <laughs> so I, I know I've got I've got a lot of talent. Well, know. quite. I've I've got a lot of people to thank for that opportunity. Um, and at the same time, I just loved making stuff, and I couldn't wait to get back to work to go. I've done this thing. Can someone tell me how to? How do you do that? How do you do the other? And I was like a bit of a, a slightly moist sponge. So I, I was ready just to soak up so much stuff. I couldn't wait and I didn't have any of the bad habits. And because Technophobia was an amazing agency, there was always something new, always something, you know, pushing and they didn't want to uh, sit at the boundaries. And so what happened was at the same time as starting work, I happened to get some outside work just because it was, uh, I just loved doing it and I wanted to do more. Uh, And I got introduced to um, a business in Sheffield where they had an online shop, but their person had left and my dad introduced me. And he said, you know, go, go and do this thing. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll go meet them. And I looked at it and they showed me their website at the minute. And I was like, wow. And in my head, I was going, holy moly, how do I, I could I even do this? And I was just going, yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, I can, I can smash it. I walked out straight away. I was on my Nokia N95 and I was looking at books on Amazon. I was buying all sorts of books because I'd said, yeah, I can do this. And I took it on and I worked not, well, just I got home from work at about quarter to six and I worked, worked until midnight nearly every single night, uh, every single weekend. And the business just grew and grew and grew. And I, you know, I think that it's that practice thing. It's that 10,000 hours. It's mm. the Malcolm Gradwell's outliers yeah. of, you know, you just get really good at something by practice, practice, practice. I wasn't a natural coder, but I just got really good at it by practicing. Yeah. And uh, fast forwarding a little bit, mm. what was the tipping point for you from being, having another business as a side project to deciding to actually leave technophobia, take the yeah. leap and start up on your own? I'll be totally honest with you. It's Steve Trotter. <laughs> it's all his fault. <laughs> it's all his fault. He even wrote my resignation letter. All right. Um, <laughs> and he forced me to go and hand it in. Uh, and I think really it's a testament to Steve to, to have spotted the potential uh, and I think together, we, we take us apart and we, there is no razor, mm. put us together and it's it's just magic. It's a concoction of chemicals and it's it's brilliant. We're complete opposites. Excellent. And how big is razor now? Uh, we're currently at 20, but growing fast. We uh-huh. have four roles open at the minute. Um, we're moving premises. Uh, that's uh, all signed and sealed now. Right. So oh. Can you say where to? Um You've been at the workstation. We've been in the workstation for, for quite a th- th- Yeah, three, we started here in the Cooper building uh, yeah. in a tiny little office. Well, you were yeah. called Curly Web at the time. You yeah, Razor, we were Curly Web, yeah. and then Razor Jam, and That's then right. Razor. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like we grew up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we're going to be moving a little bit further down from uh, J-Wing. 
Okay, uh, great. In, in those buildings, and we have uh, 93 feet designing all of our interiors. And, wow. So nice. it's, it's going to be pretty good. So we'll need some pictures for the <laughs> oh, Instagram yeah. feed for yeah, sure, yeah. Without a doubt, and, and we'll be inviting lots of people to come and join us in the opening. Brilliant. So circling back to our topic, which is around uh, digital meeting manufacturing and the links with the AMRC. Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit more about why the AMRC is interested in digital and meeting local digital companies? I know that might seem kind of obvious, but I think it's worth exploring a little bit. I think that the, 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 the real reason is that we're, we're really driven to get SMEs in the region, manufacturing SMEs in the region to actually start to adopt digital technologies. But we know that there's, we need the digital companies to actually help those companies to, to, to develop, to actually in, to bring in the new, bring in those new technologies right. and actually sustain the, the growth of those businesses as well. So, you know, it's not just about let's meet, let's get some digital companies in, in the region to meet, to meet with another manufacturer and do something once it's about how do we actually grow the digital companies? How do we find new digital companies? How do we create mm. a pipeline of digital companies? How do we how do we how do we generate the new startups that become scale ups that like and and become like like Razor, like James, a really good example of coming to the AMRC on an on an event on, on Industry Four. Mm. And why are you here? Well, I'm here because I don't know what Industry Four is. I want to learn about Industry Four, and the story from there goes on and how. Razor have have, um, have have had some succession through meeting some of our larger OEMs and being able to work with them as well. But it really is about getting the digital community that we've got here with their strengths to cross over or, or make them aware that they can cross over into different sectors. You know, that's really important. Is this someone that's doing something in fintech or something creative? And especially in the gaming world now, you know, that they can come over and start working in manufacturing as well. You know, digital twin is a, it's a real big it's a it's a real big um, goal now in, in manufacturing to actually be able to capture data and and analyze the data and and display the data in many different ways and, and some of that is is through using gaming technologies and we've, we've got guys that work for us um that, that are, are unity programmers and they've come out of the gaming world mm-hmm. so instead of that usual route of mechanical engineers we're now looking at computers you know people with computer sciences computer you know people with gaming backgrounds so <clears throat> we are really now at a stage where there are companies that we need to speak to in the region that can actually now come and work in advanced manufacturing because at a government level, that's the real drive. You know, that, that is the, the industrial strategy that's coming down to make UK PLC what it, what it should be to be able to compete um, at, a, at, a, at a global stage. So we need regional digital companies to, yeah. to come on board. So you've kind of talked about two barriers. You've talked about a barrier for the SME manufacturers who are just not getting into digital as fast as they should, and then a barrier with smaller digital companies who aren't looking at manufacturing. So that's kind of two hurdles to leap over. And how how are you approaching that from either angle? Well, they are, and it's it's quite a, as I said to you, it's this it's it's a it's a barrier because we've got two different mindsets of people. As I was coming up here today, you could see I was the manufacturer, and then we could see who were the digital people in, in, in the room. <laughs> what are you know? saying there? <laughs> well, it's like the rest of us look like I'm, slobs, and uh, Jonathan looks really smart. I'm, I'm not looking at your shorts there, Jamie. But, um, you love the knees. You'll hear me. But it's, um, it, it is that. It's different mindsets. There's, there's, there's different... There's, there's, there's the whole communication between, between, the, different, between the different groups mm. because of, of 
of the of the thinking, whether and and whether it's okay. Well, what is in it? What if if a manufacturer is it's really so? I need. I've been told I need to go digital. I've been told about Industry Four. I've been told about additive manufacturing. I'm told, and I need to look at cybersecurity. But what's in it for me? What and, and especially what's the return of investment for me? I can easily see the return of investment of buying a machine. I can see it's going to depreciate. I can see what I'm making. I can see then what I'm going to deliver on. But what's digital going to give for me? Where's mm. the value in digital? What's the impact it's going to make to my business? And by actually understanding the value from, we call it digital, but the value from the data that you can collect from mm. your machines, you can then start to use that then in more beneficial ways. I mean, you can start looking at how do you how do you start connecting what happens on the shop floor at an operator's at an operator's level to what happens in in the, in, in the actual top floor. So how do you connect your shop floor to your top floor? So how do you start looking at the, what, how what somebody does on the shop floor, an operator, how that affects the the the, the, the whole HR system for them? So their training, for example, you know, their their, their well being, the occupational health, how they're behaving. There's there's so many different things that you, that the different businesses can start to look at within within manufacturing. It's not just about mm-hmm. let's bring in a robot to pick something up more efficiently from A to B. It's it's really to take a, a holistic view of of how digital can impact impact a business, you know, whether it's from using AI to, and machine learning to analyze processes that are happening so they start to become an automated process mm-hmm. to actually going on further further than that to actually then look at that, how you, you know, how you train the people to, to, to come through to, mm-hmm. to do all that as well and how you upskill people from bringing in automation too. It's not just about putting in a robot and putting someone out of work, it's about putting in a robot, as an example, put in a robot, but then that person how, that you, that you bring the robot in to do the job, this is just an example. They have that key process knowledge, so embed them in the team that's going to be developing the process. Let mm. them learn as they're going, and then that person then becomes the, the person that actually owns that process, owns that machine, and then they've grown with it. So they they're upskilling, and we talk about upskilling a lot, and we talk mm. about training a lot well is there another part within the region that we're known for in education that can also step over into training and upskilling that sector in manufacturing Mm -hmm. so it's not just about let's find someone in the region that can do machine learning because that's what everyone's talking about at the minute well that's great but how do you how do you help a business then train someone in-house to be able to do it themselves Right, we've got the biggest learning technologies cluster outside of London, pretty much. So, if that's and that's what we're known for in, yeah. within the region, then yeah. let's look about how they can also interact with us. So, Jamie, you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the, in the AMRC, mm. but also what's your perspective on those challenges that um, Jonathan's just talked about—that crossing over and understanding a new industry. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because what resonates with us and when we see manufacturers is is that whole thing of what people are usually doing is putting cherries on cakes. So they're going down a, a conveyor belt and they don't really have to think about it. And the upskilling is, think about the robot putting the cherry on the cake and you go away and work out the new mixture. What's the new cake going to look like? How can I make that cake more delicious? And that's the shift in mindset about, I'm not just putting a cherry on a cake. I'm now thinking, well, I've got something to do that for me because that's boring. Mm. And now I can actually add more value. I can improve the process. I can, you know, if it's a forge, you can actually go and think about what the temperature is, what, what, how can I change to make the metal and the forging process better? And it's that that we see as well <laughs> is the real difference. It's not replacing at all. It's amplifying. 
I've, I've spoken about this before about instead of AI, IA, intelligence amplified. So you as a human being can do more. It's like the bionic suit. It's like you can jump higher than anyone. Mm, that's you're augmented. What exactly. And that's where I think there's huge amounts of power. And I think it's about the people will adopt it more. They're scared of being replaced, but they're not scared of being made superhuman. Yeah. And I think that's a different way of thinking about it. So I mean, do you find that there's a, there's a kind of a mindset different as well, just, um, just because of the kind of the context of the way that, the, how flexible and how malleable and changeable systems are? Because, mm. you know, in technology, we're used to experimenting with stuff yeah. and applying technology in different ways. And, you know, it's, you know, even big systems, you still, you can still change stuff. You can tweak stuff. You can repurpose stuff. It's, it's all virtual. It's all, yeah. you know, it's, it's intangible so that it can be, you know, easily to be easily, twisted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas in a factory, it's very fixed, you know, mm -hmm. that's where the machine is and that's where the widget mm -hmm. goes. And, you know, once, once, once you're set, it's kind of not that easy yeah. to just reconfigure things very quickly. And entropy I know. sits in. Yes, because right. If you, so the, you're manufacturing... The change overhead is too high. It's, it's huge. But if you're manufacturing something, a part, a component on a car or, you know, a, an aeroplane, it's got to work and it's known. So there's yeah. certainty. Yeah. In technology, if, if a website doesn't work, no one's going to die. You know, someone <laughs> well, could die. Well, you say that. <laughs> but do you know there what I mean? There have been it's, cases. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lot, you feel open to just change. Yeah. No one's going to bash you over the head. But if it's on a manufacturing line, you've almost, you don't have that net. Yeah. You have to get it right. And I think, again, it's that mind, mind shift around thinking, well, let's make a, a microcosm where you can. It's a safe environment to get yeah, it wrong. Yeah. I guess that's what, have to. that's what Factory 2050 is sort of about, is it? F Factory 2050, it's our, it's our window to the world for engineering. I mean, that's why it's, that's why it's class. So you can see right. that engineering, manufacturing isn't that dirty process. It hasn't got that stigma to it anymore where, you know, like uh, youngsters, they want to get, they, they, their parents might put them off because they think, oh, it's not a safe industry to come into. It's not, a, it's not a high paid industry. You know, it's, it, it's dude, you want to stay away from that. You know, you want to pick more of a, a safer industry that they knew of, of mm. their age, but it's not, you know, our KPIs, our fingerprints on the glass. It's, it's to get those, those, those youngsters up and engaged right. and, and excited about what they On the outside, you mean looking in with their hands up. Yes, they are the glass, looking yeah. in, you know, it's well, what is going on and, and come on in and, and see, and, and see us and what we're doing. And we've got a great STEM initiative going on there. Our training college is, a, is, a, is absolutely fantastic and really something that, 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 we shout about a lot um, because we do bring in from 16 all the way through, you know, to, and it's, it's, it's really important. And if anyone hasn't been, they really need to go. Oh yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. incredible. It's a cool place. I, it I got so excited. I was like a kid in a sweet shop. And I think that's what got me so excited and why we did so much. Um, and why we, I think it's that resonation of, yeah. Wow, you're excited. We're excited. You're excited. Oh my God, let's do something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just to explain as well, it's like there's a, it's sort of circular and there's a central hub and then around it are basically experiments. Robots. Yeah. 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 People yeah. trying out different. Yeah. They're digital demonstrators. Uh, demonstrators. Yeah. And we, we cover, we cover everything here from, from robotics to AI, VR. Um, we've got x-ray facilities, additive manufacturing, you know, and, and, and wings, large, cars. But, but that's just purely what we've got in 2050. You know, that's mm. just on the Sheffield business park. If you look at the advanced manufacturing park, then we, we've covered design prototyping where we've got a lot of additive manufacturing, all the different various types. Um, we've got our AMRC medical where we've got our, our new surgery 4.0. So in there, you know, we've got stuff we can actually come in and we, we develop, you know, we, we're demonstrating the art of the possible within a, th uh, within a, a theater Operating environment theater. of, of 
how digital can be implemented into a surgical environment. You know, then we've got castings where we do and move on to lightweighting and composites. So nuclear. manufacturing, our mm. sister company with nuclear. And also, you know, we're, we're not just here in Sheffield anymore. We're in the Northwest. We're in North Wales, um, Derby with, with our other nuclear facilities. So right. we're... We're not, you know, we've we've got a lot of fingers, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the AMRC is a is a um, like a membership organisation as well, isn't it? So, yes. um, companies pay a membership, well, and become members, pay. and then they all share in the the value and the research and the IP that's generated through the they whole network. Yes, there's, that... there's various different. I mean, we we there's various membership levels, right. tier one, tier two, mm. and it's this, and it's all on our website. If anyone's interested, sure. to see what you have, and it's it's either a financial or it's or it's in kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on on obviously the membership package that you take depends on then what what you get back yeah, from it. Yeah. I mean, an IP is what is one of those things, and, and the interaction that, that you can get. But a good thing is that if a business, a startup, or or, or, or an SME is involved with us, then you know that they have the opportunity then to be introduced to some of these larger yeah. companies that we've got as members. You know, like we've got Boeing and Johnson Johnson and McLaren. We've Rolls Royce. We've got all these large OEMs that regional. SMEs or regional digital companies, let's say, mm. might never get the opportunity to meet these mm-hmm. people. They may be knocking on the doors for a long time. They may be trying to find the, the find the right person through LinkedIn or Twitter. And who is that? Where by by just coming to us for one day for a visit and having a walk around? Yeah, you, you can know, introduce them. We to the introduce right person, them. Well, yeah. we can even see what they can have to offer because we know the challenges that the larger companies are facing. The right. billion dollar companies are facing the same challenges in manufacturing as the smaller person in the supply chain. Right. Just the scale is different. Mm. So do you have a portfolio of challenges that are there to be addressed that if, if a tech company is interested and come to you and internally kind of what internally talk what about we what do, the opportunities yeah, are? Yeah, well, internally what we do is we have, the, we have say, our road mapping sessions, yeah. um, which allows our members to come in and, and actually, say, direct where we should be looking for 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 research for innovation, okay. and that's that's one that's one key thing to remember with with what the AMRC does. It 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 goes from what I call invention to industry through innovation. So sort of three eyes, where we you know, which is academia, which is the university. That's because we are part of the university. Then we are University of Sheffield Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. So we mustn't forget that. Mm. But then there's that gap then of how do you actually take what what's been happening in acad- academia that those lower TOL technology readiness levels, how do we take those into industry? How do we introduce them? Mm. And that's really what we do is we take the different techs and we take an agnostic approach on different technologies. We're not, oh, we're going to use only a Microsoft product or we're only going to use an IBM or an Amazon. It's whatever fits that challenge that a business has. So whether it's a billion dollar OEM or it's a regional SME that's that's just about on the cusp, you know, it's, it's there. They come to us with a challenge and we we then resolve that challenge with the most appropriate uh, technology mm-hmm. solution for them. Yeah, which should be, you know, could easily, should be part of the digital supply chain that already exists. And, and again, it's it's all fitting into what, how then, it once it goes into industry, once it gets to that TOL level of, of from innovation to industry, how do we actually then implement it into that field? And do and as the way we're funded and as the way we're set up, mm-hmm. we, we don't do that. So that's then where we need... The, 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 the regional businesses, uh, as we're talking here for Sheffield Digital, so I, mm-hmm. I say regional, even though we, we know we're, we're quite happy to look outside of the region, and we, and we have to. Yeah. You know, we, we may find a challenge for, for a company that's based in Barnsley where we don't have a digital company here. We, the digital company may be based in Cambridge. They could be based in St. Austell. We don't know. The same for the manufacturers. So it is all about 
how we bring how we bring those oh. people together and okay. work on that. Excellent. So we know that you've been doing some really exciting work. We also know we've got to be a bit careful about how we talk about <laughs> There's it. There's someone with a gun watching. <laughs> they will literally shoot us. We did wonder if we needed to bring a big buzzer and kind of bleep things out. But it'd be great if you could share some of the stuff that you've been working on and tell us a little bit, give us some more specific examples about the, the exciting okay. things that you're doing. So one of the things I think is really important is to say how, how we actually got in. Mm. And that was through the Sheffield Digital Introduction. When it was, yeah. <laughs> so we, we do listen, we, we do care. So uh, that, that was an event that came out of our that's regional right. partnership with the AMRC. Exactly. And, the and quite a lot came out of that for us. We, we went there, we, we met um, a number of really interesting people and we got chatting about uh, the, the manufacturing stuff that we do. And as Jonathan mentioned, first time I met Rad uh, Scott was uh, when he was talking about what Industry 4.0 was. And he, he asked people to put their hand up and say, who, who doesn't know what it is? And I put my hand up and he goes, why are you here? I was going to ask earlier, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, could you tell us? Uh, and I was like, well, I'm here to find out, uh, you know, what what can we do? Because mm. I've always loved making stuff and and, and championing the, the, the new stuff, the hard challenges in, in, in life. And so from those conversations, we actually gave talks at the uh, Barnsley DMC, uh, for for the digital manufacturing event, and that actually spawned off all sorts of other activity, which was was great, um, and it really positioned us as oh, you really care about manufacturers. There are not many people like you that care about us. Mm. Um, so from that, we kept the relationships up with the AMRC. We we met some of the guys who were on the the floor, the shop floor, and we got really passionate and just forged some really strong relationships. And an opportunity came up, and we were like, yes. How, how can we help? What can we do? What do you need us to do? And we got all the way through with that one up until the final stages, but the funding was cut from, from that manufacturer. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell people who they were, but maybe not. Maybe yeah. not yeah. Stay on the safe <laughs> yeah, side. I'll just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boop. Um, it's, it's a virtualized Pearson interview. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, it was brilliant. And I think what happened there was we'd gone through some pain, but we'd again forged the relationships um, and, and we really cared. And we just kept going, have you got anything? Have you got anything? Where are you at with that? Where are you at with that? They went, yeah. Have you done anything with computer vision before? Yep. Have you done anything like this before? Maybe. <laughs> Not yet, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> we went off and so bought a bunch of books on your N95. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, we were speaking, I think it was the first time that um, our chief commercial officer, Mike Viney, had ever come out of a meeting going, can we really do that? I'm like, yeah, I've never been in a meeting where the tech person's come out and gone, yeah, we can do this. He was that scared because the, the challenge was, the bar was very, very, very high. Uh, and it, it wasn't a website. It wasn't web technology. It's, how can I put it? I'm trying to really think about what I can say and can't say. Does it have stuff to do with data and sensors and things? It has stuff things? to do with data. It has stuff to do with imagery, uh, the uh -huh. computer right. vision stuff. And it, it changes. Pushing a lot of data and analysing it at Huge in real amounts, time. Yeah. Machine learning, all sorts of cool, clever analysis. And the biggest challenges were taking the incredible maths. This was a challenge that a number of years ago was said is impossible. This could not be done. And like they say, it's always impossible until someone goes and does it. And the incredible team at the MRC had spent years working this out and built a prototype. Uh, this is what Jonathan was saying about they go and work this out, but it was it was ugly. So this is that to, this is that academic yeah yeah it's, it's, invention. It's, it's, it's building that, that demonstrator and and 
But I think once once you start looking into these projects as well, other things happen. So we start talking about data, we start talking about analyzing mm. data. And before you know it, the amount of data that you're generating starts to add other challenges to the project. Yeah. So yes, we've we've resolved the challenge by getting a result from generating this data. But all of a sudden, what do we do with it? all this other data? How do we store the data? What's the cost of storing that data? What's the environmental impact? Then looking further on of how we store all that data, you know? And and that's that's that then is another challenge to be mm-hmm. to be to be addressed because then you've got to start looking at well do I need to be looking at all this data where's the value of all this data mm-hmm. and especially when you start looking at the cloud, risks, you know, risks and, yeah. and, and you start looking at is it are we are we going to put stuff on the cloud and, and certain businesses say oh, oh we don't do yeah. cloud yeah. oh okay well let's we we'll do it on edge and then so we what do you need to process on the edge and then we only send certain data up to the cloud and then and that's where the machine vision comes in because you're yeah, evaluating what to keep and, and what not to yes. and, and in this case it was there was literally we had to spec the machine that this ran on right. we compiled um, the uh, computer the custom computer the it was actually OpenCV that we used. We compiled that against the Intel compiler, specifically targeting this machine with CUDA support, which is the uh, GPU support, and it, to actually process this right. data at speed. It was it was bonkers. <laughs> uh, some, it's not a website. It's not you know, really, <laughs> so really, not a website. It really, really isn't. <laughs> um, and it, the the challenge, like Jonathan was mentioning, that the data, the the prototype, yeah, it, it would it would prove the problem, yeah. but that was on such a small data set and it still took an exponential time to process. Yeah. And our challenge from the, uh, the large manufacturer was make that work in 15 minutes. Wow. And, but you've got a, a data set of say 150, you've got to process it over 4,000. Right. And, and we actually delivered it in less than two minutes, which was the actual final result. Wow. So we blew them away. They're like, they, I think when we sent it over to the team at the MRC, cause we worked very much so, Collaboratively, it wasn't go on then. You guys go and do it. Mm. I mean, our our, our uh, workshop room with all the white walls looked like something out of a film. You know, where some madman had written all of the uh, mathematical <laughs> like a serial equations. killer. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and I, I'd learned about imaginary numbers in maths. I'd never heard of them before. Um, but I think it's square it, root of minus it, one. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's amazing how I think it's the it's the big challenge. How how do you take that? How do you take these genius boffins who've created something and then take it to some of its production that you can actually put on a shop floor and they can go, that's proper production grade software. Mm. That's hard, yeah. really hard. And it's, it's also demonstrating to, to, to these people as well that, 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 that they trust the data. It's all very well that you know. Oh, we, yeah. we process right. we process a load of zeros and ones. Is it right? And, 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 and out of this little black box, there comes an answer. But it's saying, okay, we're a very traditional business. You prove to me and then I'm the authorities that that's right. Are the police coming for? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, they will one day, no for shorts, sure. Maybe. Um, but it's it's that and, that, and that, and when you start, you know, dealing with some with these, these large biz, large companies that that really that, that deliver products that <laughs> you're are really, you're straining I, there, straining you? on on how to say this. Yeah, you have to meet certain standards. Yeah. And yeah. and now as we start moving into this whole world of 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 AI, what is AI? What's it doing? What we, yeah, people, you know, there's there's a, you know. In out, but how did you how prove you to me risk? what you got out? Mm. And that's what people want to Overfitting see. Overfitting you know? and all that sort of stuff is, is a big challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it sounds like a great project, even though you can't really talk about it. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but then maybe that that's an indication for just how groundbreaking it is, because obviously they've yes. kind of clamped down on it because they think it gives them a massive commercial advantage. Oh, oh, and it really does. Yeah. And the, the advantage massive. won't be straight away. It'll be in ten years' time when it becomes an absolute problem that without this you couldn't do what they needed right. to do, mm. and that's the real killer. So if one of the other competitors got hold of us, then, uh, yeah, they might have us at gunpoint. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> Tell uh, us but all you know. It'll spin off to as well. I mean, you've done this now and you've developed this 
And now it's down to you or that manufacturer to say, well, what else can we apply this mm. to? What else are we looking at? Oh, yeah. Where else do we mm. have a process that we need to exponentially increase in the, in the process speed to get to get the results that which helps our you know our, our tack times to get parts out the door because you know this process is always known as a, as a bottleneck within yeah. within industry i think one of the key things um that i wanted to mention is is we as razor would never be able to knock on the door of this company mm. never in a million years yeah. it's a global company that you can go anywhere in the world and you'll know like jonathan was saying you can tap them up and try and knock on their door. They're going to go, yeah, good, yeah, thanks very much. These guys don't work with companies of less than 100 people. Yeah. Now, with the arm around us from the AMRC and the University of Sheffield, we're like a trusted body. Well, now, now you can come down to Geek Brecky on a Friday morning nice and you be. can have a chat with, with yeah. Jonathan directly exactly. and be introduced yeah. the next week. So. It's absolutely brilliant. So I'd, I'd recommend that everyone goes and has a word with the AMRC and, and gets involved uh, because it's brilliant. So that kind of leads to the next question I was going to ask, which is what what would you say to other digital companies who are maybe listening to this and thinking, okay, I haven't thought about taking my company into advanced manufacturing before, but maybe I should. And other than, you know, get in touch with the AMRC and get those introductions, what would you say that they need to think about? What What should they be doing if they really want to explore this? It's a really good question. Um, the we're, we're working with other manufacturers um, that aren't related to the AMRC, and we're doing quite a lot of IoT and, and data analytics as well as. And what we've noticed with all of the manufacturers is, don't go to them with, do you want a website? Mm. Go to them and say, what what are your problems? Understand, have that empathy. It's just it's simple uh, business sales really, um, and understand, really care about their problems. They they want to see value. And you've got to have a really strong business case. Um, they also want to see some um, examples of some somewhere where you've done it before because they're, they're quite risk averse. Yeah. You know, they, they need that certainty. Uh, and if they see a value, you know, return on their investment, they'll they'll rip your arm off. And I think it's go and, go and find them and, and shake them to say, come on, you know, you need to do something. Get out of this fog of, you know, we can do this. Yeah. And I think we need to take the the march onto them rather than expect them to come and find us and go, can you come and make me this, that or the other? But it, if it, it's, is, uh, sorry, sorry, it, it, it is case studies. I mean, I interviewed a lot of people before Christmas on the same topic and, and they really are saying, well, you show me wh- where the return on investment is that I'm going to make. You show me that tangible, deliverable, you take me to a company. You know? So if, if we, we could find, for example, Jamie's a fantastic champion in the region for a digital company that's that's taken that journey. We find the same manufacturer that also becomes a champ, that manufacturing champion, that other manufacturer with an open door that other manufacturers can come and see, come and see them. Maybe not, maybe not a competitor, but can come in and see them and go. This is the journey we went on. This is who we started with. So we went to the to the to the, to the lab and we we found funding. Then we went to the AMRC because we knew that they could help us develop a, a demonstrator, which then gave us a feeling that yeah, we are heading in the right direction, or the opposite, we were going in the wrong direction and we need to be looking at something else, and then through all this sort of this collaboration, this this sort of this development of an ecosystem you could say that we need in the region to understand who's who who to talk to, then it allows them to 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 go ahead and, and implement it. But they all want to see that, you know, that 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 deliverable. They want to go and touch and smell and they want a widget. They want a widget. Yeah. They want to pick something up and go, <laughs> yeah. oh, I understand how you got the atom to get people in rather this than bit and pixel people. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a uh, technology agency that hasn't worked in manufacturing before mm. 
How do you look at your capabilities and translate those into something that's going to be relevant to manufacturing? There's, there's so much actually that's transferable. So you might have had some experience in retail. You know, there's so many things that actually relate to manufacturing. Again, they're just core. At the end of the day, they're just businesses. Yeah. So I had someone uh, at a talk ask me, uh, they actually owned a bakery. Um, I can't remember the name of the bakery or might not be able to share it with you. It wasn't Warburton's. And and, and the, the owner of the bakery, it was a big, big bakery with big factories. And they said, how can I get some of this machine learning? Is it a box I can have that I can put, plug in? But we, we've never done anything in bakery, but I've done something in a different industry. And I think it's understanding and translating those stories into something that's relevant to them. I think that's the key. Mm. Uh, and also staying on the edge of technology, I think is also a thing. It's, it's one of our core strategies that we keep businesses relevant. So we're constantly on the cusp of every single new technology. We invest heavily in that. And I think being able to almost play with it yourself, then you've got your own case studies. Yeah, I, I know it's hard uh, and, and it's really hard to find people who are, capable of doing that. And, and I think that's where we're forging ahead um, in the Sheffield uh, industry, in the tech sector, doing that sort of stuff. Mm. And I think that really resonates with someone. It's like showing you're not scared of it. Yeah. But there's obviously, there's space for a lot more raisers. Oh, I hope uh, so. In the Please, UK system. Yeah. So. We, we, need, we need that competition because yeah. that's, that's, oh, that, that will only make the other businesses stronger because mm. they will know they need to innovate themselves. Yeah. Um, otherwise, Jamie will not, Razor, for example, will not have the capacity no. to be able to to to, 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 to sustain and the, yeah and, and also to manage the expectations now that, that we, we 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 could get from from oh I know we set the bar high haven't we, we have set the bar <laughs> very high <laughs> okay <laughs> but that I mean that that's a an important question and and dear to my <clears throat> thinking around you know we need more startups mm. we need to be creating more technology companies so what. What needs to happen? Do we need an advanced manufacturing accelerator program in the region? Do we? How do we create these businesses? Because we're the opportunity is there, waiting to be turned into money and jobs, isn't it? But but we're not doing that fast enough. So what what should we do? I, I know there's 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 a lot going on now about um, spin spin outs from the universities as well, not and not just here, but a lot you know a lot of the other universities to actually start to. Uh, to to generate uh, wealth from from the great stuff that that, mm. that students have, have, have developed, so that, you know, and, and maybe we need to be looking at how we can work with those and, and bring those 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 spin outs into mm. a into a startup accelerator environment, and, and the people that 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 manage and this is not my background, but the people that manage the accelerators, how we introduce them, you know, I mean, mm. if we if we want to look out the region, we look at DMC and Barnes, you know, there's some great work they do some great work up there with IoT Tribe. Mm. How do we actually then? do something similar, but maybe not in that realm, but in other different sectors as well. You know, how do we get... get Encourage more failure, I think, is a key. Yeah. It's, well, if we create an environment in which you can it's fail. Okay. Or, well, it's, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail, yes. And yeah. I think we need more of that. Don't okay. be scared to fail. Yeah, and if you need think we need 10, no, we need 100. We actually yeah. need 1,000 of these things. It's almost like we need to throw enough at the wall. That's, that's mm. what we really need to do. And if people have an environment where it's okay to fail, and that's from... Every you know, men, women, everything, kids. I think that'll foster, um, and I, I, that's for me is what we need to do more of. Give people a safety net. You know that microcosm. It's okay, just explode, but then go and try again. On that note, <laughs> onwards and upwards. Get out there yeah. and explode, people. <laughs> Failure is good. That's been fantastic. Thank you both very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. 
Okay, on to news and events. So, um, so Chris, we, yeah. rec- we record this on the uh, the 28th of June. Yeah. Just last night, as we speak, it was the um, third That's right. Sheffield Digital Showcase. How did it go? How are you feeling? Yeah, how's, how's your head, Chris? <laughs> jaded. I feel jaded. <laughs> I, I should have gone straight home, but I didn't. I ended up in the beer garden at the Rutland with all the site gallery guys and had a bit too much to drink. Um, but I deserved it, I think. <laughs> it was a triumph by all accounts. Tell us about the event rather yeah, than right. your drinking. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, we're kind of getting into a rhythm on these events, I think. Um, so yeah, we had, it was, uh, same format as last time. Um, so we had five companies or guests up on stage, uh, with 10 minutes, uh, for us to have a conversation about something that they've built or delivered recently uh, in tech. Uh, and e- each of them brings five slides, which can be a still image or a very short video um, to help them explain what it is and how it came about and who's behind it and how it's made and what the impact has been. Um, so last night we had Kisha Bradley from uh, Brightbox Makerspace. We had uh, Jamie and Andy Gunn, who's head of build at Razor. Um, but they weren't talking about the project that they did with the AMRC. They were talking about um, Market of Mums, which is a online marketplace, uh, sort of mum-to-mum peer e-commerce site for trading uh, baby stuff and kids' toys and stuff like that, which um, they were kind of approached to build and they took a stake in because they really believed in the concept. And so it's kind of jointly owned by some uh, people in Leeds uh, and by Razor now. And Razor built all of the like technology back end for it. And I'm not sure how much of the front end they built. They possibly built a front end as well, but um, all the marketing, it's kind of a celebrity based thing as well. Um, so that's been really successful. It's been, a, I think one of the fastest growing e-commerce um, sites or apps in the UK this year. Uh, so another example of how well Razor are doing. Um, who else was on? Uh, are the guys from HMPPS Digital Studio talking about um, a media platform they're building um, for prisons, for um, ostensibly and originally, I think, to, to uh, allow um, prisons to inform prisoners of, of processes and procedures, uh, you know, help them sort of self-learn how to get on in the prison. There's a lot of stuff to kind of take on and learn, figure out what to do. Um, but it's kind of morphed into an, an, an opportunity for prisoners to uh, express themselves as well. So the prisoners are creating content for it and distributing it. Really fascinating, really amazing and in, important work that's going on here in Sheffield around that. Um, and who else? Uh, so the guys from Impelling in Rotherham are talking about their um, Study Safe, which is um, uh, it's a web um, filtering product for primary schools specifically. Um, again, kind of um, relating to the conversation we we're having earlier about interfaces. Um, they're basically um, reimagining the way that teachers can do filtering themselves rather than waiting for a tech support or an external IT services company to make the changes for them. Um, because, you know, most of those systems overblock essentially. So they, you know, they, they want to run lessons with online materials, but when they actually come to running the lesson, their, um, their web filtering won't allow them to access it. And with traditional methods, they don't have any means of unblocking it 
you know, just for the lesson on their own authority. Um, so that's a really interesting product and really interesting company and in how it all came about. And then we had David Forrester, who's um, you know, one of our founder members at Lightworks, um, talking about uh, Slipstream VR, which is their um, their product that takes uh, engineering data and converts it into a format that is uh, that you can then visualize using Unreal Engine. Um, and you can use it to conduct um, kind of uh, remote um, design reviews. So multiple engineers and, and executives, uh, you know, around the world can all get together in virtual reality and actually look at, um, you know, the latest version of a product straight from the underlying, you know, engineering data without, you know, with an automated translation process in, in between. So fascinating. And and they brought a demo along and, uh, you know, Vive um, VR kit. So people got to have a go on it. And yeah, it was really good. It was a really great event. Um, you know, food and drink as usual. There's about 70 people there. Um, it was a really lovely day. Everybody had a really good time. The talks went really well. Everything went smoothly. Um, yeah, it was really good. Really, really enjoyed it. Excellent. And have all the talks been videoed? Yep. So we've videoed them all. We've also recorded all the audio. So hopefully we'll put out a podcast special with the audio uh, and um, all the the videos will go up on YouTube again. So yeah, I highly recommend watching them because um, every one is an interesting story. Like, you know, there's... uh, so fascinating how these things actually happen and how they're made and who the people are and and what the impact has been. So Fantastic. But uh, you couldn't make it, Mel. No. What the heck were you doing? I was up north. (laughs) (laughs) I got on a train and I went all the way up to Leeds. It was uh, Tech Nation who did their report that came out a month or so ago. They've been going around the country doing roadshows and the northern slash Yorkshire roadshow was up in Leeds and they asked me to go and sit on a panel which I'm always happy to do. So um, I went up there and it was, I mean, it was quite lead centric in its content, which is what you would expect. Um, I don't think there was anyone in the audience who wasn't from Leeds or fairly close by, but that's only to be expected, especially on a nice evening. But what I found really interesting was that quite a few of the speakers talked about the importance of the sort of things that Sheffield Digital does as being important for the tech ecosystem. And I kept wanting to stick my hand up and going, we do that, we do that. (laughs) So it was kind of nice validation, really. There was um, a guy who's the um, Chief Digital and Information Officer from Leeds City Council, and he was talking about the importance of connecting and coordinating the ecosystem. And these people, they were talking about the Leeds ecosystem and occasionally they realised that it was Yorkshire, so they'd say Yorkshire instead. Mm. But I was thinking, well, you know, this stuff is going on in different ways in Sheffield City Region, in Leeds City Region, across in Hull, that kind of thing. So it was fairly encouraging that what we're doing, people know that it's important. Maybe we just need to make sure that they know we're already doing it and they don't need to reinvent it. I also learned, I think in in the last podcast, when I was talking about the report, I was saying how it had a very different focus this time, because rather than it looking at the different clusters around the country, it was positioning the UK versus the rest of the world. And it turned out that when they were putting it together, they fully expected that our exit from Europe would have been complete by this point. Uh. And therefore that was the rationale 
behind uh, the report being done the way it was done. Which does that mean it's going back to how it was for next year? <laughs> God, as we still haven't who, left or who can even let, let's even not go there really Sorry. satire yeah um but i had hoped that we would get at least some yorkshire insight in the talk at the event you know they hinted that yes we've got some yorkshire data and we'll share it at your event mm. but there wasn't any Right. Um, so there, there's nothing that we can kind of take on and try to build from. So we're going to need to do that mm. ourselves. Um, Did you get anybody is, asking you questions about Sheffield? Was there an interest in what we're, what we're doing? Um, no, not really. Uh, the conversations on the panel, we talked about, um, is there infighting between the, the cities which um, everyone on the panel said, don't be stupid. No, we just uh, ignore each other. I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we talked about healthy rivalry. We talked about the importance of competition. We talked about um, how, you know, there's jealousy sometimes if, if one city wins, say, for example, Channel 4 goes to Leeds rather than Sheffield, ho-hum. But then we talked about what we do about that and how we make sure that there's collaboration and communication between the cities as well as, you know, between Yorkshire and, and the rest of the world. So that was interesting. There was quite a lot of talk about Northern Powerhouse and does it actually mean anything? What needs to happen to make that more real? And um, a lot of discussion about transport and HS2 and what a waste of, colossal waste of time and money that is. And we should just improve the transport across the north so that you can get mm -hmm. from Leeds to Manchester and Sheffield to Leeds and across to Hull and that kind of thing. Um, but I did, there was a lot of energy and enthusiasm and positive vibe in the room. There was a lot of confidence in the room. You know, there were businesses there saying, this is great, I'm growing, I need this, I need that, I need funding, I don't want to have to go to London all the time. You know, all the things that we're used to hearing. Um, but I didn't get much from Tech Nation about uh this is what we're doing for the regions the the story from tech nation is this is what we do nationally and of course it applies to all the regions um and we've got enterprise engagement managers in each region but let's let's face it we've got one person working extremely hard trying to cover the whole of Yorkshire, there's a limit to what that one person can do. Yeah. Um, and What's the population of Yorkshire? What's the catchment? I mean, it's got a it's bigger than Scotland, isn't it? It's yeah, well, it's... it's 10, next, 12 million people. Next to London, it's the next biggest region. Yeah. So how can one person... Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's And it's physically big as well. So just getting yeah. across it, especially when the transport is rubbish, getting across <laughs> it is hard. So... so I, th I think we have to accept that, you know, Tech Nation has centralised everything and they've got central programmes and they just want to drive people to those programmes. And we're not getting the um, tailored, northern focused approach that we did get a little bit from with Tech North. And, and one of the other panellists was raised that towards the end and was fairly challenging towards Tech Nation and um, you know, I could see notes being taken down, but whether anything will be done with those remains to be seen. I'm glad I went. Um, I'm glad I could be there and represent for for Sheffield. Um, 
uh, Tracy from the Barnsley Digital Media Centre was there as well. So, mm. you know, she was nodding and, and you know, agreeing, which was, was good. Um, and it's important that we're visible. When people do Yorkshire stuff, it's really important yeah, that we're is. there. We've been there, I mean, over the last two weeks, I think we've been there three times, right? You went to a thing last week and I was yeah. there on Tuesday. Yeah, and that's then you right. Were last night as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, well, our faces are known. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me think we need to get across to Manchester more as yeah, well. Yeah, we probably do, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, we have Tech Set Go, which I like the name of. This is a new project to attract different people into tech. Is that specifically in Sheffield or just in, or in, in general? It's in Sheffield City region. Okay. So um, it's, being, it's kind of a joint thing with CERO, the Digital Skills uh, Agency, and um, the Developer Academy. So Ben, who we talked to on a podcast a uh, few issues ago. Um, it's a pilot programme. They've managed to pull a little bit of funding down and it's experimenting with ways to attract um, women and people on the neurodiversity spectrum and people from disadvantaged backgrounds. So it's very much looking at the whole diversity issue, how to let them see what the opportunities are in tech and, and attract them in. So the way it's going to work is there's going to be some community events along the lines of the sort of family digital maker days and, and those kinds of things that have gone on before. And that will give people a chance to have a taster and have a chat. And then they can go on and have a one-to-one conversation with an advisor. And then if it all looks like it's going the right direction, they get to do um, a shortened version of the Developer Academy's web development training. Um, So they get to do eight weeks, I think, rather than 12. And it's free for the participants. Um, And the idea is, is to to give them an opportunity to learn some stuff, do some stuff and get some exposure to employers. But it's all geared around understanding that people from those communities are going to have different needs. So um, they can either study online or they can uh, come in and do the course at the Developer Academy, but in family friendly hours. So if you've got caring responsibilities, you can still do that. And instead of going out and doing a work experience, they're going to create kind of a virtual work experience where they, as I understand, it'll be like working in an office and Ben is going to be the the, the employer and the project manager and take them through a project. So I think it's really interesting and it's great to see this kind of thing being experimented with and, and trialed mm. in Sheffield. And if it works, then the next question will be, how do we scale? And as always, it's really important that employers get involved and that businesses get involved. And it's not a big ask. All they're saying is, you know, if you could drop by and visit and come and talk to the participants, that would be really good. If you can come up with a project that the participants can work on, that would be really good. And if you can maybe say, come and visit us, not for, you know, a big um, internship or anything like that, but just host a, a one hour visit from somebody and just show them around and let them chat to a couple of people. That would be good as well. So I'm in the process of finishing a post for the Sheffield Digital website about it. And that will have the details of how to get in touch if you're interested in helping out. Um, and as always, the more that businesses can get involved in this stuff, the more likely it is it's going to be successful and uh, the more fit for purpose it will be if it rolls out. Okay, sounds great. Um, 
we want to remind people about uh, AR City, which is going to be Sheffield's first playable city festival. Mm-hmm. As um, I've just been trying to scroll through the website to find a, a date. Is it? I can't find one. Does that mean that there isn't one yet? Um, I don't think the date's been announced. Okay, it's, I think it's one. two weeks in December is the. Okay, it's when it when it's likely to be. Um, but yeah, that's another opportunity there for companies to get involved in um, digital skills development for you know kids from excluded backgrounds. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so there's a there's a blog post about it on our website, so go and check it out there. Um, but uh, it's Zach Ahmed at um, Alfie, uh, which is kind of a, a adult lifelong learning um, uh, organisation. Uh, they're based at 108 The Moor. They've got like a, a workspace in a in a unit at the bottom of the moor, um, and they're developing a bunch of playable city experiences that are all going to be available for people to interact with in December. Um, and they, they would really like to get some more companies and some more technologists uh, involved in helping them develop the, these, these experiences and stuff. So there are 12 potential projects and um, that have already come from workshops that have already been done and they've got some early prototypes. That's right. I think, uh, they, I think they're down to like five for the right. festival. Yeah. Yep. So they want to turn those into full experiences to run for two weeks during the festival in December now looking for collaborators and supporters to help make these experiences come to life. Yeah, that's right. And I, I know Arm, um, Arm Semiconductors are, are, are in, involved with it as well, and an uh, organisation called LifeWorks, which is kind of an urban design um, consultancy and the architecture department at Sheffield University. Um, but, you know, more more tech companies, so any agencies or, or tech companies that hear this, you know, just go down to 108 The Moor or um, drop Zach a line. If uh, his, de- his contact details are on the, the yep. blog post, it's uh, hello at hello at Alfie. So that's a a l f y dot org. There you go. And you can kind of sponsor or just or run workshops and be more. Yeah, involved, I mean, so you can either get get involved directly, hands on, or you know, you can chip them some money for for parts and and you know bits and pieces to um, to get the experiences running. Um, but yeah, just you know, do get in touch and drop by and, and, and find out what the things are that they're developing and how you can help. Great. Smart Sheffield is back. Yes. Um, I still haven't got a date for it. Well, so, soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're, we're kicking off a new season of the Smart Sheffield meetup, which is uh, every uh, regular sort of every two months meetup for urban technologies and smart city. Uh, again, it'll be in, in conjunction with Arup, um, I'm hoping also to um, to partner with the Pitch In project at Sheffield University, um, who is a big project trying to get um, more companies to take up Internet of Things technologies. Um, and yeah, we're hoping to kick the first of the next. So, you know, it's like a year's worth. So six, six meetups over 12 months. And we're hoping to kick the first of the new season off at the beginning of September. Okay. Sounds good. Good news corner. Always exciting. <laughs> I mean, we've we've had literally nobody, nobody get in touch to say how much they love it. But I feel I feel it in I feel it in my heart. And we also we need more good news. I think people are just it's that usual Yorkshire thing, isn't it? Is you don't shout about it, you don't brag. We want we want people to brag. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what you're excited about. Post even it, small things. Yeah, post it in the Slack channel or email us, and then we can shout, give you a shout out, and you can feel proud. So the good news that we do have, uh, Hallam's MSc in cybersecurity has been accredited 
by the government's National Cyber Security Centre. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, it it's proper. important. That's, that's, you know, serious accreditation. That means that the super spies think it's good. Okay. <laughs> There's their strap line. Uh, Molly Evans is working to bring Measure Camp to Sheffield. And uh, Greg Walker is setting up a new Bitcoin meetup. They sound like two separate pieces of they news. Are. I feel they like are. I've conflated them. But they're, they're, they're two, potentially two new events. Um, yeah. Um, Molly's, um, uh, she's a um, data analytics manager at Plusnet. And uh, Measure Camp is, a, is a, an unconference for analytics. Um, and she's looking to um, host one annually in Sheffield alongside one that's hosted in Manchester. So they'd alternate every six months, basically. Um, and I think there's been loads of interest in it. We've kind of put her in touch with a bunch of people, uh, companies that, that, you know, heavily involved in analytics. And it's, it's data analytics of all kinds. It's not just marketing analytics. Um, and yeah, so hopefully that comes off. It'll be a good event. Um, and yeah, Greg's uh, Greg Walker's setting up a new Bitcoin meetup which I don't know very much about, but anybody interested in that, um, I think you set up a channel on Slack about it. Yeah, yeah. Slack is the place to go to get involved in that. Okay. And um, and on the blog we had, on the Sheffield Digital blog, a couple of months ago, we had a post, um, I think Andy wrote the post, didn't he? Andy Did, Mayer. Yeah. So uh, Andy Mayer, director of uh, Yumi and director of Sheffield Digital. Um, wrote about the work that you and me have been doing with um, uh, offenders on the Code 4000 program, mm-hmm. which I think I'm going to mangle this, I'm sure, but it's effectively helping uh, ex-offenders learn how to code. Is that right? Yeah, not, at, not even ex. They oh, actually okay. work with, with current offenders, so right. people who are in prison at the moment, of course, and they yeah. learn to code, but then um, also go out into businesses and work there. Um, and the great story is that... Um, an offender that Yumi were working with, and he actually went and worked at Yumi for a little while, landed himself a proper job in London with Metro Bank. And uh, he put a really nice post up on Medium, I think, but Mm -hmm. he linked to it uh, in the Sheffield Digital Slack. And it was great. There was lots lots of outpouring of congratulations for Mm -hmm. him on the Slack channel. But I think just hearing that these things do work and that um, people can... I hate to sound really cliche, but they can turn their lives around and, um, you know, with assistance and with a way to direct their energies into something useful, they can become, Mm. you know, potential digital geniuses. Why not? So, so it's great. And it'd be interesting to catch up with Andy at some point and find out how Code 4000 is going and Mm. if there's more to come. Yeah, it's a great case study. I mean, just, just the fact that he's made, you know, that Josh was able to, to use the program to, you know, go from nothing to getting a job as a Java developer, junior Java developer at, yeah. at Metro Bank is fantastic. Okay, that's the end of Good News Corner. I could, I could similar to your Smart Sheffield announcement, I could say that there oh, are yeah. going to be more content clubs. Yay. That's good news. I was going to do it every two months. The first one was in May, went really well, sold out, all that kind of thing. Mm. Um and then uh, I decided I was busy. <laughs> I didn't really decide. It was kind of decided for me. Um, so the next one, uh, so instead of, instead of kind of just um, doing them whenever, whenever possible, um, we are, Site Gallery are going to do another three. So we're kind of... Ah, brilliant. Because, you know, they're an, they're an art gallery. It's all very highfalutin. Mm. So we're, we're doing a programme of events of instead, of course. <laughs> um, September, November and January. 
Although between the November and January ones, I will be having a fourth child. So Lord only knows what's going to happen to those events or or what kind of state I'll be in at those. You need some trusty sidekicks to help you. Indeed. Um, so that's good. I'll share those dates um, soon. Speaking of dates, upcoming events, I'll run through them. It's quite a short list, actually. I'm not sure why that is. Summer. But, uh, yeah, summer, I guess. Um on the 2nd of July, I guess, when this is being listened to, it's going to be uh, pretty soon. Uh, startup Meetup. So that's the new Startup Meetup. Mm-hmm. Which is a massive success, second, the first yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. Second or third one? Second. Second one. Second one. So this is a meetup about being a startup and starting a startup, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, same day, on the 2nd, .NET Chef, a regular meetup. And then between the 2nd and 4th is the Children's Media Conference here in Sheffield. So a real sort of flagship event for the city, really. Um, and uh, and we have special rates, so Sheffield Digital members can get special rates. I think that offers still... Yes, it is. Yep, it goes right up until the event. So um, if you're... You don't have to be a Sheffield Digital member. If but it helps. But it helps, always helps. But if, if you hear this or if you see the blog post, all you need to do is request the code from us and that will let you get a full pass at the early bird rate. So it's quite a significant saving. And I would say it's well worth going if you're involved. You don't just have to be involved in kids' media stuff. If Particularly at the moment, if you're interested in learning there are there's a whole stream, a whole thread of stuff going through this year's conference that's around learning. Mm. So if you're in any way involved in creating learning materials or, or anything like that, it'd be worth spending some time there. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, I, I try and go every year just for, for the research track. You know, mm. I think it's Thursdays usually and then repeated on a Friday, but you can basically sit in a um, cinema at the showroom and have people explain their research to you for a whole day, one after the other. Yeah. And it's really fascinating research. It's not, you know, it's about how kids uh, and media and the whole environment's being transformed lots of different things um so yeah it's always really really useful i always find myself you know referring to it and thinking about it afterwards yeah so hopefully this will get out in time so yes. that people can do that just placed an awful lot of pressure on, uh, Sorry, on the editing process <laughs> but that's all right uh, i should really go as well <laughs> um on the 3rd of july it's chef test on the 4th, it's Go Sheffield. On the 18th, Sheffield PHP. So all three regular uh, Sheffield meetups now. On the 24th, it's Bitcoin Sheffield, as discussed. On the 25th, it's Frontend Sheffield, who are doing a Lightning Talks uh, event. And then on the 31st of July, it's uh, UX Sheffield. And uh, one to add as well, which is the next Sheffield Women in Tech meetup, which is on July the 16th. And the topic for that one is going to be um, about... Developing considerate technology. So if you're involved in developing digital products, that'd be a really good one to go along to. Well, I've, uh, I, I'm, I'd quite like to go to that. Considerate language is a, a, with uh, tech, especially sign-up forms and stuff like that. Yeah. I've got, I can't bear, you know, those aggressive sign-up forms that says, sign up to this thing unless you don't want to be happy for the rest of your life. And that, <laughs> that's the link that you click to get rid of the thing. <laughs> Hostile, hostile uh, web forms. Yeah. You are very welcome, by the way. Sheffield Women in Tech is not girls only by any means. Indeed. So uh, do come along. Okay, membership updates. Uh, so since we last recorded, we have a new company member, which is Bruce and Butler. That is one company member. Sounded yes. like two, the way Thank I presented you. that. Bruce and Butler. Yes. Indeed. And um, Patrick Murray is a new individual member too. So thank you to Patrick. And that's it. 
Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, which we highly recommend, you can do that in Apple Podcasts or whichever app you choose. And uh, you can find out more about the show at sheffield.digital slash podcast. And we post all of the shows onto the website too. So in the form of a blog post with an embedded player. So if you just want to mosey on down and listen to individual episodes, you can do so there too. And um, we would always like to encourage you to uh, spread the word, tell people, your colleagues that you're sat next to in whichever digital area you're in, uh, let them know about it. Yeah. And tell us what you think as well. We'd like feedback all positive, of course. We'd like positive feedback. That's <laughs> absolutely. Constructive positive criticism, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.